Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm Kristen Vandeveer here with Isabel Kiyosayan. We are founders of Meditation Without Borders. And tonight we are talking about seriousness. <laughs> or Our favorite subject. <laughs> yes, well, I guess how not to be. <laughs> serious, too serious. How to, um, how to lighten up, basically, <laughs> which is, I guess seriousness isn't our favorite subject, but we are very much about not being that. Yeah, yeah. I, I said it wrong, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> You're in my brain. <laughs> So um, this is a perfect topic for us because we we do have a lot of serious topics, but we try to do discuss them in a very light and um, and heartfelt joyful, way. Yes, joyful yeah. manner. And so um, we thought we'd talk about this directly because we get the feeling that everybody is just taking everything too serious right now. <laughs> 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 we all need to lighten the up a little bit. <laughs> the peak up. Yes, exactly. Because, um, and and that, especially on the spiritual path, people tend to take that whole thing way too seriously. Um, yeah, had, and and it to the point where it's not enjoyable anymore. And if you're not enjoying your spiritual practices, you're not doing them correctly. I mean, there's there's a part, you know, the unstressing and stuff like that, where it's not always easy, but but it doesn't have to be serious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the spiritual path certainly can get ugly <laughs> at times, <laughs> but especially if you have friends who are who are doing it with you, the ugly times are when you laugh about the most. <laughs> There are certainly times when I was in stressing that I've, I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I know I have good friends because the fact that they're still friends with me means <laughs> <laughs> that they saw me losing my mind over the smallest things, um, which is what unstressing is. When you, when you are meditating a lot and you're releasing a lot of that stored up stress, you, you never think you're unstressing at the time. And it's hilarious to watch people doing it because they, they, they will... And, swear up and down that they're not unstressing. And I'm not unstressing. I'm <laughs> stressing. <laughs> this is stress. This is going in, not coming out. Um, but they lose their minds over getting paprika instead of you know, like cinnamon on a dish or what the tiniest thing possible. Like I, in one of the retreats that I ran, um, one of my students was unstressing because he didn't know if he wanted a banana or not. He was like... <laughs> Should I have it or should I have the cookie? So hard. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and stressing is when, when you go to these deep levels of rest, uh, stress comes out of your body and and you can feel the stress coming out. And so you you because your brain doesn't understand why you're feeling this way, because you usually get upset and what's upsetting you, but when you're in stress there's nothing that's provoking it so you want to you want to blame on something that's not really the reason why the reason is just the stress is leaving your body so that's what we call it unstressing but sometimes we unstress because we need something to to hold on to or to trigger the unstressing so we want to blame it on things that don't really have anything to do with it and so it it becomes funny thing to to see <laughs> <laughs> you're um 
Yeah, you, the mind doesn't like not knowing why it's experiencing something. And if, if you've ever done a juice detox, uh, you if you've ever, or any kind of physical detox, you, in the beginning of it, you feel awful. The toxicity is leaving your body and you feel terrible. Well, on the subtle level, when you're meditating, the same thing can happen and the stress leaves your body and the mind doesn't know. It's like, why am I feeling this way? And so it will pick the, the next, you know, it's like a spell. The next thing that crosses your path will, <laughs> will, get, will, get, will get unstressed upon. And um, so that's why you need good friends. But it, it, it it's, we tend to, think of meditation as this kind of people have a preconceived idea of what the experience is and they think it's this you close your eyes and you have just this this peace comes your mind clears which is not what happens at all and they think your mind clears <laughs> <laughs> and this peace comes when really no it's like this that, that people who are meditators are these flat think people you know that they have no joy that they're not like exuberant, that they, you can't like tell a fart joke around them. (laughs) (laughs) And the other, and they don't like, they don't have, they don't unstress. They don't have these other extremes. And actually it's, it's, it's both. You have the, you have the unstressing, you have that experience. And then hopefully um, your normal baseline becomes joyful and very light. Um, I think a lot of people too believe that, um, with all the misery and suffering going on in the world that they don't have a right to feel joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, there's, there's a guilt there. There's like, a guilt. Why, why can I be happy when the world is not happy? Exactly. And so you feel, you feel bad and, and that should not be so. Well, what's interesting about that is if you are someone who's interested in uplifting the collective, then it is, incumbent on you it is your responsibility to be happy because it is that happiness that lifts the collective and when you're happy like think about someone who's very generous whenever you've felt very generous in your life have you been stressed out and unhappy no your generosity that feeling of of self as as others as self comes from it's all packaged up in happiness yeah (laughs) And you touch on such an interesting subject because that guilt that like, I can't feel happy because the world isn't happy. It, it, you, it's the exactly the other way around as you were saying it. It's like, Oh, I have to lower my, my emotions. I have to go um, and not be happy so that I can connect and, and not feel bad, but it's the other way around. It's like find that inner happiness and, the collective around you will be lifted by your, by your happiness. So it, it's actually the other way around. We have it all twisted <laughs> around. Like I always tell my students when they come and learn, like everything you know about meditation, forget about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's all wrong. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and the thing is, the, the seriousness is is in absolutely everything. We, we think gurus have to be serious and that gurus don't joke around and that they don't enjoy things and they have to live all these perfect little lives and have these tiny little meals without any salt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And that is not because we we think that we have to lower our our joy 
so that we can go within. And, <laughs> and that is not the case. Well, it's it's funny because when you think of from the collective, if you imagine a bunch of people who are in the water drowning and then someone comes on land and sees them and then they're like, yay, we're saved. And then the person jumps in the water. They're like, what did you do? <laughs> Don't come in here with us. We need you to pull us up. And that's that's what that's, joy does. It pulls people up. That's the perfect example. Oh, no, I feel bad because I'm not drowning. Let me go with you guys. <laughs> we don't need we don't need any more feeling bad. We want we want someone to help us pull us up. And happiness, when you are happy, you actually it's not just your individual wave of consciousness that is experiencing that. You actually have an effect on those around you, an actual energetic effect that will uplift people just by you don't have to even say anything, just your happiness lifts them up. And when we say happiness, it's interesting because a lot, so many people think happiness is this thing that it means that they've finished their, their checklist. They've been productive that day or they've um, done some, they've met some goal. And the happiness we're talking about is just the happiness that comes from being. Mm -hmm. And what that means is you have meditated enough so that your consciousness is in that even though you're still in the waking state and the relative, it's also in that absolute place where um, we call it the state of bliss. And, um, and because it's in both places, you're drawing that fulfillment from within. And so the happiness is for no reason, um, which is the best kind of happy. It's the only true kind of happiness. And so it's really just becomes your baseline. So what everybody, even hardcore meditators, they go up and they go down, but there tends to be a, an average. There tends to be a point where you, to seem to rest and um you want your resting point to be one of joy you don't want it to be where you only experience joy maybe once or twice a month when for whatever reason you got a new sweater or someone said your boyfriend said something nice to you or something like that that's not where you want to hang your happiness hat mm-hmm. you know you want to be the exponent of that happiness and just um and that happiness is lightness i feel like Things have gotten so heavy. <laughs> all the yeah. polarization, all the the intense division is just it just feels like a weight on everyone I, I speak with. Any every student I have just seems to be carrying this burden. And happiness is not just joy, it's a feeling of um of lightness, I would I would say. Yeah. Like, um, what of what you were saying before, I was talking to one of my students, um, I think it was a couple of days ago, and she is in this blissed out state. And so she moved from the city to the beach and her job is like paying her nothing because they don't, because of COVID, they've <laughs> downside. So she's not really getting any money. She's like, I've never been happier. And and she's an anxious person, so she was like, the anxiety is still there, but but the happiness is there too. Like, how can this be? <laughs> so it's a little bit about what you were saying because, I mean, she has a tendency towards anxiety because of her body type, but it's so minimal compared to the blissful state that she's she's stabilized. So I was like, it's not like anxiety is, is just going to never come. It can come, but it has so little power to compared to 
where she is now in that in that stabilized blissful state. So it's it, it's a little like that. You you can have ups and downs, but but you wanna you wanna be stable in in that joy. And once and once you're stable in that joy, it doesn't mean that you won't want to do things because there's there's a tendency towards that. People think like, well, if I'm already happy, I won't want to do anything. I won't want a partner or I won't want to travel or I won't have any goals. And it's like, that is not the, the, the case. That's not going to happen. It's not because you're happy, you won't have any goals. But the the searching for the goal is different because the fulfillment will not be achieved when you reach that goal because you're already fulfilled. So there's 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 a change there. Yeah. And then one of the main changes is the motivation for the action. So it, for most people, the motivation for their actions is the search for happiness. Whether it's like, oh, I'm going to achieve this and then that's going to make me feel like I'm successful, which is going to make me happy, or I'm going to have a baby, or I'm going to have this thing, or whatever it is, the actions are are if you if you follow the end to it, it's looking for happiness. Whereas when you're you're meditating and finding your happiness from within, then the motivation for action is to spread the happiness around. Um, and it doesn't even come from you. It's your bigger self now moving you around. So you, but you're now, you're a, you're a beacon, you're, a, mm-hmm. you're radiating. So there's, a, you're highly relevant in to the world. Um, most people are going around seeing what they can take. And here you are someone who's going around giving, you know, giving, giving just your presence becomes something of a gift. And so, um, so you don't, you actually probably will, would get, most meditators I know are insanely busy. <laughs> <laughs> they are doing things. We have, I, I'm just, the person coming to mind is our, our colleague, Susan, who, like, I don't even know how she does, which she must live. She's like super lifetimes. Woman. Yeah. She's got, I don't know, six businesses and and she sleeps like 10 hours a night it's like what what really i didn't know she did that i assumed she was up all night that's what she said i was like do you eat yeah her level of efficiency almost frightens me but um but yeah she she's someone who who um who is is doing the the work of like six people (laughs) and yet um and yet, it's none of it is motivated by um, by she's not doing it for happiness. She's doing yeah. it because she's she's serving. You become you become service becomes your your um, motivation. And what also changes is because a, a non meditator, somebody who who's not fulfilled, looks for the result. Like when I when I achieve this, I'll be happy. But since you're already happy whether that really your, your, your goal comes or, or doesn't come, you're not really bothered by it. So that makes you enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. So that changes the whole thing because sometimes we're so focused on reaching that goal. Then w- once we do, we're like, Oh, okay, that happened. So, okay. What's the next <laughs> thing that I'm going to do? So you're not really, that, that's something that happened to me when I learned to meditate. When I learned to meditate, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I'm fully present. I'm I'm fully alive. I I I felt that before meditation, my life was just kind of passing me by, and I was like in zombie mode. And then I felt like I woke up, like oh, I'm I'm actually here. I'm I'm present. 
So when, when that happens, you enjoy the process without being attached to how it's going to come out because that doesn't really matter. You're happy anyway. Yeah, exactly. So the seriousness falls, falls off. Well, what also falls that you touched on is attachment, Mm -hmm. you know, um, attachment to outcome. And we actually, I had a fantastic group meditation, um, yesterday in which someone was asking, they have a, a Buddhist background. And so was asking about attachment specifically and, um, you know, is attachment the root of all suffering? And I explained how um, it is not, it is, or no, not desire is the root of all suffering. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Is it desire the root of all suffering? And I was like, no, it's actually, it is the um, authorship of desire mm-hmm. that it's the root of all suffering, which means it is your attachment to that desire. And to give you an example is if you are someone who's meditating and finding their happiness from within, when you get the desire to do something, it is not your desire. It is the big self's desire. And so it is not the individual's desire. So you don't attach to it. And what that means is like, say I have the desire to um, start a pie bakery. I don't know. (laughs) Mm, That sounds good. I want to go there. (laughs) I don't do such things. I don't know. But maybe someday I have the desire to, to start a pie bakery. <laughs> <laughs> and I get going down this path and it turns out I can't make pies. <laughs> I'm terrible at pies. I make terrible tasting pie. I love to eat them, but it turns out I can't make them. And so if you're not if you if you're attached to that outcome, if you're attached to your desire, there would be great disappointment in the failure of this pie enterprise. However, if you're not attached to the desire, it doesn't matter if it fails. There's no suffering there because it's like, Oh, look, <laughs> look at that. It failed. I wonder what the relevance of that was onto something else. There's no, mm-hmm. so the suffering, you can still have desire. And it, whenever you get desire coming through you from that place, you don't really know what the relevance is. And you don't even question it because it's like, all right, well, there's some relevance to this pie thing. Like maybe, Maybe in the process of of trying to start my pie business, <laughs> I met somebody mm-hmm. who really needed to meditate. Who knows? And that's why the whole point of the whole pie thing. But it, who knows? Maybe there's a bunch of reasons. But it's not. I'm not attached to the outcome, so there's no suffering if it doesn't work out. So mm-hmm. so the the attachment falls away. And, and that's why it's so important to meditate because. We can understand these things on an intellectual level and be like, okay, like I'm not going to be attached, but, <laughs> but it's so hard to do it when, when happiness is not coming from within. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we, we need a technique that develops this in a natural way. So once you're, you're established in that place you'll start to live in, in these ways in a natural, in a natural manner. And you won't have to really intellectualize. Like I have to not be attached to this because that's yeah. already an attachment. So it's just, it's like, right. we, we want, we want it to be easy. We want it to be natural. Well, part of the, the, the reputation meditators get for being miserable <laughs> or just not fun people to be around is the, the, um, the element of renun- renunciating. Mm-hmm. renouncing things. Um, and there is purpose to that, but it is not necessary to renounce everything in your life that is joyful. Um, part of the renunciation concept comes from this idea of trying to um, explore and lose your attachment 
the harder path is actually to live in the world and to lose your attachment. Mm -hmm. That is the more challenging to live a householder life where you have family and you have, um, you might have a job and you have things and to live that life and still be um, non-attached is, is very challenging, but there's a, the um, King Janaka in Vedic philosophy, uh, mythology is um, he's an example of that. He was a King and I, who was it who came to him and was like, um, like, how could you be, how could you be um, a, a, a guru? How could you be enlightened? You're a king. I have, you have no idea. Pain. I don't remember the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, someone's, I'm trying to remember which, um, oh, who, who it was who came to him. But he, then he, um, then he set his whole, his whole castle on fire. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Like with the guy sitting there, it was like, oh, oh, you think this matters? Burn it, and, it, and with them in the room, burns his place. That now that is not attached. That is that, that that's that's pretty badass, honestly, <laughs> or insane. I don't know which, but um, but it it was just to show that it's not about what you have or don't not what you have, but about your conscious state. Um, and. I was thinking too about happiness in terms of we all we've heard the phrase like be the way um you be the way you want to be in the world. What is it? You know, like Yeah, I, yeah. What is it? Like that's obviously not it, but But I, I, I think I know what you're saying. Like Yeah, yeah, I don't know the phrase, but I think <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what the way you want the world to be. Yeah, be that. Be that. And yeah. so it's like, you, if you want the world to be a happy, light, friendly, kind place, then be that. That is what we are trying. Whatever you want to grow in the world, promote that in your life. The, the, the unhappiness due to guilt because there is so much suffering. There is so much suffering. There's so much inequality. There's so much pain. And everyone feels like, oh, no matter what situation I am, there's someone in a worse situation. So how can I, how can I be joyful with this? It's like your joy will be one of the many things that can help. Yeah. It's like the trying to fight uh, the dark with more darkness. We need, we need the light. We need these, mm-hmm. these, these energies and kind of um, what we're saying. Some people are so serious about their spiritual practices because they think like they have to live renunciant lives <laughs> to reach enlightenment. Because some people who've reached enlightenment have decided to renounce things because they're no longer charming for them. For example, mm-hmm. for me, it was like alcohol and I, I used to smoke pot before I learned how to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> and then once I started to meditate, I was like, mm, this is no longer charming. Like this doesn't give me anything. And the same thing happened with alcohol. <laughs> you can totally picture me. <laughs> I can. So yeah, it happened to me with alcohol too, which actually kind of bummed me out because I enjoy drinking every now and again. And now I'll be I'll be somewhere and I'll try and I'll take a sip and I'm just like, damn it, I don't want this. <laughs> the same thing happened with me with pot because I enjoyed it. I was like, this is fun, and then it was just not fun anymore. And so that naturally kind of went away. So if mm-hmm. I was this amazing super guru, world known, and people <laughs> could probably not interpret correctly that like, oh, 
if you stop drinking and smoking pot and maybe do things that I do because they're natural to me, you think that that'll get you enlightened. So you you think that you have like these are not a good example, but like yeah. you think you have to do certain things to be enlightened, right? But that's something that might come once you're enlightened, but not because you do those things, right? You're gonna like be if, if if Buddha really liked pizza, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> it's like well, eating pizza is the key. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, no, he just happened to like pizza. (laughs) As we all do. Pizza has not fallen away for me, nor has pies or anything in that category. (laughs) No, neither for me, because it's, and that's, that's the beauty of our practice. It's what's, what's right for you. You get to know the real you, you get rid of the stress and, and you enjoy. And sometimes you're charmed to just do things for the pure enjoyment of it. It's, it's where every time we meditate, we're getting to know our higher self. And so the universe, it is, we are all part of the universe. So when we are charmed to do something as meditators, we learn that we have to honor that. And sometimes that'll be because there's something great to be done. And sometimes it's because the universe wants to feel through us what it feels like to have a delicious pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Or or pies. Or pies. (laughs) So it's, it's not, <laughs> just not my pies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's about it's about honoring that and and just sometimes enjoying because that's why we're here. No, the universe wants to feel through us all these different things. There's obviously growth. There's obviously <laughs> things that need to be done, but a lot of it is is enjoyment. Well, yeah, it is interesting to think about that, how what is the, the the one consciousness, we are all outlets for that one consciousness. We consciousnessness. Consciousness. <laughs> 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 Hashtag consciousnessness. <laughs> but we are um we are outlets for that. So and and that one consciousness wants a wide range and variety of experiences, some of which are tragic, some of which are comic. It's, it's, it's all drama. So it wants to experience all those, but it also very much wants to experience joy. And so you don't have to feel guilty about feeling joyful because, because like I said, it's not, you're not, it's not your joy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the joy of, of that, Anytime anyone is experiencing love or joy or friendliness, that's a unity experience. You're not in your small self if you're having these experiences. So in a way, joy and and laughter and you're you're getting spiritual spiritual points. <laughs> that's a practice yeah. in a way. Um, imagine just. I love also how how laughter can um, break break up tension. How it can I. I I love when my husband and I get into like little spats, which happens. <laughs> I remember one of which I was was all in a snit over something, and he threw a pair of socks at me in the middle of the fight. <laughs> and it was so hard to keep a straight face through that. Like I couldn't. Then I was really trying to be mad, and I just and trying not to laugh, and that made it me laugh even more because it just made me realize that being serious is just such a it's such a farce, you know, like. 
nothing is that serious. So when Mm -hmm. you actually step out of your small consciousness and witness yourself being all serious about something, you look, it it like immediately is ridiculous. Because it's like, like, what? Really? What are you upset about? You know, you had to spend an extra extra 250 on shipping costs or something like what? (laughs) What really is robbing you of joy right now? Is it worth it? You really probably not. Yeah. And and something that also kind of happens with spiritual practices is, is that people put so much pressure on themselves. Like, because I'm a meditator, I can't get angry. Because I'm a meditator, <laughs> I have to do this. And I have to say, in my experience, I get a lot angrier as a meditator than as a non-meditator. <laughs> because I used to just swallow everything. And, and now that I meditate, I'm able to speak up and say things that bother me. And so it's, it's about being natural and honoring whatever it is that you're feeling. Like I was talking to one of my students the other day and she was very upset because she had gone to a wedding and she partied way too much and she was feeling very hungover and she's very, um, Vata. So, (laughs) so they feel things a lot more than, my kapha self. <laughs> so she was like, I drank and I shouldn't. And she was like very upset. And I, she was like, what should I do? And I was like, stop being so hard on yourself. So you went to a wedding, you got drunk. It's okay. Just meditate. The alcohol will be out of your system soon. Like it's all okay. It's all good. It's all good. Now I loved, you know, our guru, our teacher, he loves ice cream. <laughs> a fault (laughs) and strawberry ice cream which is even better (laughs) and it's just like there's always a balance you don't have to be so serious and hardcore about all this stuff i mean yes if 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 eating ice cream doesn't make you feel good and you don't want to don't do it but uh you don't have to um like you said eat nothing but salt-free vegetables (laughs) (laughs) and And sorry no you're fine that something that I that I really uh, like about our guru that he said he, that people because he has so much amazing knowledge you know and you can ask him anything and he'll just give you like an encyclop- encyclopedia worth of knowledge, but people think that he's walking around thinking of all of these you know <laughs> ways in which the universe works and he's like I'm not I'm just like thinking about ice cream <laughs> ice cream <laughs> happily pleasantly thinking about ice cream. <laughs> And well, I'm sure that's true because it, he he just seems so light. Yeah, it's funny because there's been this. Oh, I ha, what do I say? The, the the whole spiritual meditation yoga world has gone down this Instagram path of perfection <laughs> that drives me nuts. It's like it just it's so the antithesis. But there's so many people out there who are putting forth this image. And the image is one, often a very serious image, one that is very, um, but it's always very polished. It's very, it does it, it's almost like, like you said, like sometimes when we're in this field, we're afraid to show that we, like this morning, I put on these pants and they're like so threadbare. You can see my underwear right through them. And I was like, I don't know. Is it, would a guru wear these pants? Like <laughs> probably not. You know, it's just like what you like someone of a higher consciousness state probably would put these on. But you know, or, or like I look around at my messy house and I'm just like, 
like, really, really, this is where I'm at. I guess this is where I'm at. But it's not about having your life be polished all the time. It's not about having your, your, your throw pillows match your, your throw rug, (laughs) 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 whatever. And it's all very, looks like um, something out of Urban Outfitters or whatever. It's all, but you you know what I'm saying? Like that, that that thing, that thing that just keeps um, making people feel like whatever it is that they need, that they have to live a certain way in order to experience what we're talking about. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to look a certain way. I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is you laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. Like all the same things, you're going to have all the same things that drive you nuts about yourself once you start meditating, but then you will find aspects of it charming. <laughs> You'll find yourself weirdly adorable. And what's happening is your your seed of your awareness is going from your individuality, which is has all the, when if you have all those cycling negative thoughts about yourself, that's because you're still in that wave. That self-critical voice, that's coming from there. That seed of that awareness is now going into the ocean. And so where you're looking at yourself from is just like you're looking up through the ocean towards the wave instead of being in the wave. Have you ever been underwater looking up at the yeah. waves? It's beautiful. And so now you're, you're still in your body. You're still in yourself, but you're seeing yourself from that angle. And it's almost like, almost like a parent watching a child. You're almost, and so everything you do, even though you have all these idiosyncrasies, and you have all these, you know, little flaws and things you do, they ha- they start to get a little dusting of charm to them. Mm-hmm. And it becomes very easy to start laughing at yourself when you find yourself in these little small self moments. <laughs> yeah. And, and because it's, it, the stress is small, they're cute. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> if it was, it was too bad, it would be like, oh, that's stress. But because it you're so in you're so stabilized in that in that oceanic state when the little individuality things that are not perfect it's it's cute like i remember um i once went to la before we were initiators to take a course um with my teacher and there was this lady and she told this really funny story about, you know, our te- and you know, you see your teacher as perfect. You're like, Oh my God, this person, is this person a human? And so she was telling me this story that she was like, Oh my God, our teacher is like perfect. Like he's not human. And then that one time she went to the bathroom and there was <laughs> the underwear was there. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> He had left the underwear there, and she was like, "Oh, he's a guy. He's a human. He forgot his underwear there, just in the bathroom in group med." And so it was so funny. Why was his underwear in the bathroom? Because he had taken the shower and he left it there, and he didn't pick it up before group med. So when we all came in, the underwear was there in the bathroom. Oh my god! So she couldn't stop laughing, but she was like, "Oh, like he's he's just." A guy. He's a group, but he's a guy. He's human. So even though like this isn't like a funny story, it's funny. It's cute. It's it's like oh, he just forgot it. Like it's 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 a human nature. A little <laughs> nice thing. Yeah, it's that's when, the word. When you can start seeing yourself from that lens, all of a sudden everyone else you see in that way too. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how you're not, you're less hard on others. You yeah. find yourself less, less hard on yourself and you're also less hard on others. And you start to see them as like, oh gosh, these sweet little human characteristics. We're all just trying. you know. <laughs> and, and you start to actually like, I like when I meet someone who also has that humble realism to them. 
who isn't trying to to paint a picture. And, and I, you know, I feel for people who are trying to paint a picture. I get it. I know what they're trying to do, and I, I have love for them too. But like for me, I relax around people who are not trying to to fit that picture. And and and, but it is put out there all the time as as this is what your life needs to look like. This is what you need to look like. And then, but it's still that object referral happiness. Even though it's in the spiritual meditation-y world, it's still that same thing. It's the same as selling a car. Mm -hmm. I was in advertising. That's why I recognize it. Yeah. Because I used to do it. It's like, it's aspirational. That's what we would call it in advertising. This is aspirational advertising. So you're trying to show what someone aspires to. And what it does is it creates a feeling of lack. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm lacking, and so I need to fulfill myself through through making my life look like this. And so, and it, that's not to say that as someone who is a meditator, you should go around like like I am in these pants that really need to be thrown. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. You should present yourself well. It's it, there's a difference between just presenting yourself well and really trying to hide your true self. Um, and I think about. Um, when it, I was talking to a student about this in group med also, um, when you're looking to gurus and how do you, how do you spot a real guru? One of the ways you spot them is that joy, mm-hmm. a true guru, because all gurus, um, fully enlightened gurus and teachers, they, um, they have what's called the Brahmin personality. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is that, that first elaboration out of the out of the oneness, that first um, separation, that first I-ness, that first realization of I am something, that is, some people call that God, but that is, um, that level of um, consciousness has a personality. And so when someone's uh, seat of their awareness and their self is completely merged with that layer of consciousness, which is right above the absolute, then they start to that, that personality starts to come through them. And what that personality is, is almost like Santa Claus. <laughs> it's a, it's a happy, jolly, like think the Dalai Lama, for example, I think he's a great example that most people know. Kind, light, laughing, sweet, compassionate, those kinds of characteristics. I wouldn't call the Dalai Lama a serious guy. Not at all. You know, he seems to me, I haven't met him, but <laughs> I would love to one day if he's listening. <laughs> Come over, being the change. <laughs> we would love to interview you. We would love to interview you. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> Hopefully we'll manifest it. Yes, let's do that. Oh, God. Not that word. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I used it. Because <laughs> you knew it would irk me. <laughs> But uh, he seems like he, it would be fun to go out with him, you know, <laughs> like if he Absolutely. went out with my cousin. And so they have this kind of light personality. And even the kind of grumpier ones still have a kindness and a lightness to them, you yeah. know. So um, so that is, that's where we're all trying to get to. We're trying to get to just being able to have fun again, you know, <laughs> being able to feel, to be able to go on vacation, really be on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, it's about enjoyment. Like, are you enjoying life? Yeah, yeah. So, so it 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 comes down to that, no, with the gurus and with people in general. Like, are you enjoying it or not? 
that that that's the point. Do you know when when I went to the intro talk um when I was wanting to learn, that's the first thing that caught my eye. My teacher was laughing hysterically that ha 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 ha, ha. laugh. That Santa Claus kind of laugh with the the laughter of Brahma. Brahman. Brahman. Oh no, Brahma. Whoops. <laughs> I got a zero on that test. Brahma's the creator. That's true. <laughs> Brahma is totality. <laughs> Whoops. But that, that laughter, I was like, like he seems to be enjoying it. I was like, I want what that person has. And we we, we see it. With, well, well, we didn't see it, but you see videos of Maharishi. And he was laughing all day long. Yeah, they call them the giggling guru. Yeah, and and he seemed to just be enjoying absolutely every little thing. It's uh, and he said it was his quote, mm-hmm. and we're, we're doing terrible on our quotes today. But, <laughs> I think was, we know this one. Yes. We have a serious responsibility not to be serious. Exactly. I and I remind myself of that a lot because it seems like by just reminding myself to not take things so seriously, I can sometimes snap out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when I'm feeling roughness, I'm like, wait a second, am I just taking life way too seriously right now? And it's not necessarily like anything bad is going on, but maybe my day could have some more joy in it. Like maybe instead of just trying to get through the checklist of the day and trying to get the kids into bed and trying to get them fed and trying to do the dishes and, and see Ben, but like maybe we could actually have fun doing the dishes and maybe we yeah. can like giggle with the kids trying to get their pajamas on instead of trying to ram them over their heads like we usually do. It's like, get to bed. Get in bed now. (laughs) You need to be unconscious as soon as possible. (laughs) Because I want to watch my TV shows. (laughs) Can't be late for that. I have three more episodes of The Crown and they cannot wait, even though they're on Netflix and I can put them on anytime. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah and like that that's a good like for ayurveda like i have a couple of students who <coughs> are very into ayurveda um, and ayurveda is very quick to yeah to get the joy out of that so exactly like i have a, I have I a love-hate really <laughs> relationship with ayurveda because yeah. I I want to feel good, but when I'm too serious about it, I do not feel good. So it's like, for example, in Mexico City, we have lunch at three. <laughs> and in Ayurveda, you have to have lunch when the sun is at its highest, which is at noon. So if I were to follow Ayurveda, I would be eating alone by myself <laughs> at noon. <laughs> your, your saltless vegetables. Exactly. And so it's like, well... For me, it's a lot more joyful, and I think I'm going to digest my food way better if I have lunch at three with people, with people that I like, instead of having it alone at noon. For me, that's how I'm going to digest it better. So it's like, okay, there are things that will help, but will they help? Will is it is it filled with? Because if you're not enjoying it, it's not helping you. Well, you're, that's not even if you're miserable. That's not Ayurvedic. So like yeah. you're not going to digest your food properly. So you're eating all your, your, your like tasteless doll and all that yeah. kind of stuff directly at noon and you're miserable. And so you're not digesting it anyway. 
Um, but yeah, no, I have the same, I think we are very similar on that front, <laughs> but there's a balance, you know, cause I do get into patterns where I'm not eating well and I'm not, I'm just doing it because I, I eat a lot in the evening cause I'm stuffing the stress yeah. from the day down. And like, that's not, that's not cool. So, um, and I love actually when we were in India at Safa center, like I love that food. I loved mm-hmm. the like healthy food can be very indulgent and joyful too, but but you're right in terms of like, it's all, there's all a balance. And, um, and, and once you find yourself getting way too over serious about something, you have to examine it. Yeah. Cause it, it may start to be, it may be losing its benefit. And I think some people in meditation, their practices, I know I have a lot of students who are way too serious around their meditation practice. It's like, and if they skip it, all of a sudden they're all guilty and like feeling like, Oh my God. And I, I've been off of it a week and now I'm just you know, like, it's like, no, lighten up about it. It's cool. It's cool, man. Like I have some of them, they like, they, it's like confessional. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, I, I haven't meditated in a month. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I run into the, like the other day I was walking my dog and I saw a student and he just saw me and he turned around and he like, <laughs> walked the other way. I was like, oh, he's not meditating. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like even if they would have said hello like I haven't been to meditate it's like it's okay like whenever you want to jump back in give me a call I'll give you a few tips like it's all okay one of my favorite friends and meditator uh students Josephine is like I love it because she's always I'm always bugging her like I'll text her you know sometimes like pretend like I'm checking up on her <laughs> but it's all in fun. Like, that's the thing. It's like, make it all fun. Make your meditation practice. This is not supposed to be serious. Mm -hmm. This is your relationship with yourself. And so the, the less seriously you take yourself and less more fun you're having, like then your practice should also be fun. Um, it should also be something that like, and hopefully some other people who are meditating, if you're a meditator that you can bond with and joke about your practice Mm -hmm. as well. And just, um, remember that this is nothing is supposed to be guilt all these feelings like it's 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 all too heavy yeah and and we need we need that lightness always but especially now yes I mean, it is it is very I, and i think people are craving it that's why there's 8000 comedy <laughs> shows on Specials, netflix right yeah. now <laughs> like but even some of those are kind of heavy i'm like damn they went there yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, but it's uh, a lot of we're plugging Netflix a lot tonight too. <laughs> <Add>. <laughs> maybe we'll get a show exactly. a reality series <laughs> okay so then, right we got the Dalai Lama coming on our show and <laughs> our new Netflix flick series is coming out in six months that would be a hit <laughs> and I'm not being sarcastic <laughs> I'd watch You're it. You're so lovable. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> you do. And it's you your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I remember in IT when we done this year training, people were so serious, and I think that's why we extra bonded because, <laughs> like, we met and we just laughed the entire night. And I was always the last one to pass the tests, but you know, it's all okay. <laughs> you weren't the very last. <laughs> I was a second to last. <laughs> right. I was, I certainly was not heading the pack. 
But, you know, uh, sometimes we feel pressured. We we feel like we have to do this, but it, all these things. It's like, just enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. What's Relax and enjoy. That's, exactly. That's the phrase, right? That's the it motto is, of faith yeah. meditation. Faith meditation. Relax and enjoy. And, you know, all the, all the lessons that we learn in meditation, surrender. Yes. Don't have any expectations. Just enjoy everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen are the lessons that we take in our life as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that, that kind of surrendering, these sound like very serious things, but really it's like surrender that shit. It's, it's meant to get you to a happy light place. It's like, let it go. So you can not put your attention there and just, just be, enjoy the process. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy this wholly imperfect moment you're in. Mm-hmm. See what you could do to infuse joy into these in-between moments. Mm-hmm. Tell a joke at a weird time. You know? <laughs> Be, Be awkward. awkward. <laughs> 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 Our minds, it's happened. They've merged. We are now one. It's happened. <laughs> That was creepy. I love it. As my daughter would say, Jinx. You know me a Coke. <laughs> and I do drink Coke even though I'm in a shooter. I'm like, have you have you announced that yet? <laughs> I drink hot water, but I also drink Coke. <laughs> I do too. I actually don't because it, the caffeine would make Adrian go crazy because he's still nursing. But like Ben has his Coke at night and I just like look at it. <laughs> just like, and sometimes if he gets up to um, and he's not, he won't listen to this. So I can say this. <laughs> if he gets up to deal with the kids, I quickly take some. Because <laughs> he's really possessive about his food. You know, people like that who really, yeah. you know, they don't like that. They're not shares. So I have to sneak it. <laughs> But if he caught me, I'd laugh about it. Exactly. I'd be like, ha ha, aren't I cute? <laughs> be like, you're not cute. Get me another Coke. <laughs> oh, well, I think we're at our time. Yeah. <laughs> so we can let's... do part two, three, four, five, six. As yeah, many we as could you go guys all need. Because this is <laughs> the best subject ever. So if thank you guys for listening. And laughing along with us, hopefully. Um, and if you'd like to listen to any of our other podcasts, a lot of them are as goofy as this one. Um, you can go to meditationwithoutborders.net. Uh, they're all on there. And you can also look us up on um, Apple or on Spotify. And if you look up Meditation Without Borders, because sometimes if you put Being the Change, it doesn't come up. So if you put a Meditation Without Borders, we come up. And you can subscribe. Um, and thank you all so much. And we will be um, hopefully talking to some of you. Please write. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know if you have any subjects you want us to talk about. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night.